The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We are also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home to free daily video picks from the SGPN. It's like YouTube, but for sports gambling. Make sure to subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. We are also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of your ED. Just head to GetRoman.com slash SGP for $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash SGP. We're also doing a $500 FCS playoff bracket challenge that is completely free. You want to get in on this FCS season is coming to a close and there's no better way to win some free money than to head over to our playoff bracket challenge. If you want action, just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash FCS. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash FCS. Welcome in, everybody, to the Sports Gambling Podcast Network Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rod Gomez. You can find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Find the site at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Man, this is exciting because this is the Sports Gambling Podcast Network's first fantasy football podcast and I get to host it. So a uh, big shout out to Sean and, and Ryan Kramer for helping me get this gig and to talk fantasy football to the masses because I love talking fantasy football. I won't shut up about it. My wife is tired of me talking about it. So it's time to uh, definitely branch out and talk to all of you. So uh, we are going to do this in a format that is not like many other podcasts out there. In fact, if you are familiar with the show, uh, pardon the interruption, we're going to kind of steal a little bit from them. And that's okay because this is what media does, right? We steal from each other. So uh, we are going to line up 10 topics, set a four minute timer, and me and my guest are going to discuss these topics and uh, and go at it and see how, how far we can get into these uh, before the buzzers sound. So, uh, all right. My guest today is the man, the myth, the legend, about a guy is about as busy as I am uh, out there in the world of uh, sports media, uh, but he is, of course, right now the Debbie writer and the Dynasty writer for the Sports Gambling Podcast. You can find his stuff on the website as well. Jamie Pulp, oh, Jeremy, Jamie. <laughs> I got your name right the first time, and it didn't get it right this time because I'm thinking too hard. Jeremy Popolars, <laughs> welcome to the show. I mean, you could call me Jamie if you want. You know, I'll <laughs> I'll answer. You know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, thanks for having me. I mean, the first episode this is pretty exciting. Uh, definitely excited to get into this uh, discussion that we have for today. Yeah, we've got a good one going. But Jeremy, tell everybody where you're from, though, and what you did and what you're what you're doing now. Because, uh, like I said in the intro, there's very few people that I find out there that have uh, used up all of their character limits on just the sites that they write and podcast for alone. And you are one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, I uh, it's you know it's, it's a little tough fitting it in the bio sometimes, <laughs> but yeah, I uh, basically most of my work right now, like you said, I'm over at the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network writing some Dynasty and Devi articles there. Uh, got some rankings that we just released last week, as well as we're going to hit a landing spot article before the draft next week. Also, you can find some of my work at yardsper.com. Um, over there, I have a lot of articles as well. 
And you can catch me on pretty much any podcast that's willing to bring me on. So keep your eyes out on my Twitter, which is at Pope's FFH. I'm always dropping rookie threads and or once the draft hits, I'm going to probably dive into just a little bit more of the landing spot type articles and just stuff like that. So. Yeah, when we were looking for a Devi slash Dynasty person, uh, I did not have to go very far in scrolling to find your name. And just when I clicked on your bio, first of all, like I said, everything was in there. And then I scrolled through and I was like, oh, yeah, this is our guy. So uh, definitely happy to have you on board. Oh, yeah, man. Happy to have you on board. And uh, so happy to to have your work. All right. Here's how this is going to work. We have got a four minute clock that we're setting. We have 10 players today that we're going to go through and and. As the show progresses, it's going to be 10 different topics, uh, and we're going to discuss it with our guests. But today, our our uh, actual goal is to go through rookie landing spots, all right? And we pick 10 players that uh, don't necessarily have solid landing spots yet. A couple of them do, in most people's opinions, but there's some differing opinions out there. But anyways, we've got a four-minute clock, all right? So we're going to set that clock. We're going to start going through each one of them. When you hear this sound, Jeremy... Uh, this sound. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, that is our 30 second warning. Okay. That means we got to wrap it up in 30 seconds. Once you hear this sound, that's it. Time is up. We move on to the next, uh, player. And in next cases, the next, uh, topic in upcoming ones. But Jeremy, are you cool with the rules? Uh, yeah, I mean, rules are meant to be broken, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Again, if you've watched any bit of uh, any show, um, pardon the interruption, they always go over. But uh, yeah, we'll try to stick as close to that four minutes as we can. Uh, all right, Jeremy, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right, here we go. We're going to set the first four minutes. Our first player that we're going to discuss is Jamar Chase out of LSU. Jeremy, make a case for where you think this young man will go and start. Yeah, I think personally, I think there's a lot of talk in Cincinnati. I'm kind of hoping that he doesn't. Um, I don't mind the landing spot. I think it would be great to reunite him with Burrow. Obviously, he produced 1,700 yards at LSU with him and 20 touchdowns, which would be an amazing rookie season if somehow he was able to recreate that. But I'm really intrigued to see if he maybe makes it to the Lions. I think that Jared Goff isn't the long-term answer there, and I think that even for his rookie season, if it's a little bit of a downtick, I think long-term Jamar Chase in Detroit just seems like a screams alpha and just a wide receiver one to me. So let's talk about that Cincinnati landing spot because you're right. Burrow and him reunited could be good for them, especially with the departure of A.J. Green. But uh, tell me, these little rookie and and uh, their favorite receiver in college combos don't always necessarily work out. And in this instance, I think with the Bengals, they have a lot more pressing issues to address other than their wide receiver position. Uh, namely, of course, is their offensive line, right? Too, they need definitely an offensive lineman, which is where a lot of people are thinking that they're going. Uh, and with Jamar Chase going in the first round, that probably takes Cincinnati out of the picture, right? I think so. I mean, there's that rumor. I mean, Joe Burrow's saying he's making a case that he really wants Jamar Chase, but I agree. I think Cincinnati has to go tackle there. Um, I think it's just a fun speculation that people are putting out there that Cincinnati might be trying to reunite them. But I, that's why I'm thinking the Lions. I think the Lions sitting at, what are they? They're seven, right? I think that's a good landing spot. I feel like the top three to four are going to end up being quarterbacks most likely. Then, like I said, I'm hoping tackle at Cincinnati. And then six, I'm hoping it ends up probably being another tackle possibly. 
Um, but I just think that the Lions scream the first team that really needs a true alpha wide receiver. And I think that that just seems like that's where they have to go is they need that alpha type wide receiver. Jamar chases that he's physical. He attacks the ball. He just, he's just a straight alpha wide receiver in my book. And I think that the lions would be very unsmart to pass on him at seven. Well, they also need a lot of help in their wide receiver position too, because again, that's one that it it feels like it's supposed to be stronger. And then of course, with Kenny gone now, Kenny G out the door, um, that's that's a hole that they definitely need to fill um and and now you're right in that thinking he's probably going to slip down at least that far um and we'll probably talk about a couple of receivers that may even chase up before him uh in this but do you think jamar is going to be the first receiver off the board this this uh this draft i do i think that for me i think this is like a draft of the lawrence chase and hits draft that's my opinion i i like jamar chase and then after that i think all those receivers have question marks jamar chase to me just his only question mark that a lot of people i've seen is that he might take some plays off and receivers do that at times in college especially when you're as good as jamar chase was so i think he's just a clear-cut number one and i think that he offers everything he has the speed we saw that at his pro day we he has the physicality he just I mean, he's got everything that you need and want in that star wide receiver. So I can't see anybody. The only option would be maybe Smith if Miami wants to reunite Tua at six. But that's highly unlikely in my book. And do you think wherever he goes, do you think he'll make an immediate impact? Yes. I think that Chase is fairly landing spot proof. So let's just say I really want him at the Lions, but he lands in, say, Carolina, Philly. I think he'll be fine. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's good. And perfect timing. Wow. Look at you. It's like you're a pro at this already. <laughs> uh, all right. So we move on down the road. The next receiver up, Devonte Smith, Devonte Smith uh, out of Alabama. Make a case for where you think he's going to go. My guess is Philadelphia. I think you're going to see Chase. I think you'll see Chase, like I said, at seven. And then after that, I think guys are going to start falling in. I think you'll see Pitts go before Smith. I think you'll start seeing there's a lot of teams that need some defensive help and possibly trades up for quarterbacks. So I think that the next real wide receiver team that needs help would be Philadelphia. And I think that they need to take another wide receiver. It's another wide receiver group, just like the lions that they took Rager last year. He kind of disappointed, um, but it's not a full bust yet. But I just think that Devonte Smith in Philadelphia makes the most sense based on the draft itself. Personally, I think Miami would like to get him. And I mean, they could take him at six and that would be a real big surprise. I think, um, but I think Philadelphia is the most logical landing spot for him based on the draft order and the team needs in front of Philadelphia. What are you seeing out of Smith and, and the Philadelphia connection? What, what do you think that he can fit in and, and what skills do you think he brings to that receiving core? Yeah, I think he brings just, he brings the work ethic. Like, he is just he is a unbelievable technician in his routes and the way he plays the game. I mean, he I was earlier today I, on Twitter I got in a discussion with a guy and it's true. I mean, he's at weighs in at 166 the other day at the Indianapolis uh health combine there. And yet he has the ability to come in and 
literally push linebackers out of the way in the blocking game. And it just all comes from the fact that he understands where he has to be, the leverage points, whether it's running routes and getting corners turned around or whatnot. He just, he's very smart and he just, he works hard. You know, he's always in there, last guy there, first guy in, he's on the jug machine. And I remember seeing an uh, interview a while back on ESPN, I think it was last year on his Heisman type run there where he just said that he took in, he soaked it. He was a sponge at Alabama. He soaked in what he could learn from Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, all those great receivers before him and just try to put it into his game. And I think the biggest knock is, is his size. Um, but he just, he creates so much separation that he protects himself over the middle. You'll see him make catches. He reminds me a lot of Stefan Diggs. Diggs does the same thing. He'll make a catch and he protects himself. I mean, if he has a chance, he'll make a guy miss, but he's not stupid and he just, he does what he has to, he gets the yardage and he just, I don't know, he brings everything to me. And it's, that's all that I can say against his knock is that that size is at 166. It's a little concerning, but other than that, this guy is pretty foolproof in my mind. And he comes in again with the confidence of being on a team like Alabama that, you know, again, was a powerhouse in the last season that he played. So, uh, you know, when you come into a team with that kind of confidence, I think you're doing any team that you're you're there a service. But of course, Philadelphia now, there's a lot of folks that are saying that Hertz is going to get reunited with one of his favorite receivers. We'll talk about him later. Uh, so do you still think that might happen or do you think they really will try to go for Devonta Smith? I don't think so. I think it's got to be Devontae Smith. Um, I mean, I guess you could see maybe depending on, I guess here, here's how I would get to go. I think that if Philadelphia would go with, I'm sure you're uh, going with Waddle there, but I think that it's got to be Devontae Smith. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Again, there's a lot of speculation, but Hertz may not even be the starting quarterback next season. So we'll, uh, <laughs> we, we've heard that one before, haven't we? Right. I think it's, it's Joe Flacco, obviously. You know? <laughs> it's the golden arm of Flacco. Flacco throwing uh, Waddle Smith or uh, Devonta Smith some passes. You can see that happening. All right. So now we move to. Oh, look at that. It, I got to turn off this uh, this alarm. Look at you're getting live live uh, feedback from my uh, what you call it being done. My timer being done. All right. So now we move on. <laughs> Uh, only in podcasts, right? Right. Now we move yeah. on to another Alabama. Makes it better. It does make it better. Um, Alabama just dominating this list, I think, in this in this capacity. But the next man up is obviously Najee Smith. We all know uh, his talents. Yeah, exactly. So now where are we going with him, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, Najee Harris to me screams Pittsburgh. Um, I think that you have two spots. I think it's going to be either be Pittsburgh or Miami. And I just scream. He screams Pittsburgh to me. Pittsburgh's in this moment of they're a team that's really a contending team. Their defense got hurt last year and that really hurt them. Big Ben's really aging. His arm's not the best that it has been. And then the other thing that hurt them was an offensive line that wasn't perfect as how they used to be. And the fact that they just couldn't run the ball. And I think it's proven that Benny Snell is not the answer. It's proven that Anthony McFarlane is definitely just a kind of a off-speed pitch. And I think bringing in this true three-down, basically big thumper-type running back, but yet has the agility to play all three downs, decent blocker, very good receiver, underrated. It's not talked about enough of how good he is out of the backfield as a receiver. 
And I think it just instantly brings their game back up. And I think that if Harris makes it to them, I think Pittsburgh needs to take him. And I think it's just an instant upgrade on a team that has some other needs. But again, I think their other biggest needs could be the offensive line. And this is a deep offensive line class. And for me, Harrison Pittsburgh is instant, like fantasy boost, instant, just pure NFL football boost. I think Pittsburgh becomes a true, true contender if they add Najee Harris. Well, especially now that we know that Connor is definitely not going to be returning for them. That was a huge question mark as to whether that Pittsburgh running game could move forward or not. And look, at I think that any after Bell left, I think that is when and, and even in the in the tail end of Bell's career there at Pittsburgh, uh, that running back spot really started to lack. And, uh, you know, you knew that you didn't have really uh, an heir apparent there. So I think you're right. I think grabbing somebody young like Najee Harris, not so Smith, I, I probably copied and pasted too much, and you know my mouth gets ahead of me when I'm reading. Uh, but yes, Najee Harris um, definitely brings that. And when you look up and down the draft order, there's not a lot of folks that you see uh, really hungry for a running back. Uh, until you get to probably, I mean, you might argue Chicago, but again, Montgomery is is entrenched there. Um, and obviously you don't need Tennessee because Tennessee's got him. So yeah, I think you're right. Pittsburgh might be the soft landing spot for a running back uh, that that needs. And nobody else after that really needs one anyways, which is weird in a, in a draft because a lot of times running backs go, don't they? Yeah, and I mean, I think you could argue, like I said, I think you can argue Pittsburgh, Miami, New York, possibly Buffalo, depending on what route they want to go and what they address. Also, I think... Honestly, depending on if they let anybody slip out of the first round, I think Atlanta's a prime target in the second round, the fourth pick in the second round, as well as the Jets with the second pick in the second round. So I think you're going to look first round. It's those four, though, is it's going to either be Pittsburgh, Miami, New York, the Jets and Buffalo. I'll tell you one team that's not going to take him, that's for sure, is that the Niners. Those guys, they are collecting uh, running backs now like Pokemon cards. Oh, yeah. I mean, but, you know, hey, I mean, they, they proved it last year. You plug anybody in there and I mean, they're a fantasy relevant and they're NFL relevant. I mean, they had Jermichael Hasty going for a while. So. <laughs> Any team that can get Jermichael I mean, Hasty going. I'm just saying, I look at Jeff Wilson. He came out of nowhere and he won a lot of people leagues. Uh, I lost in my championship to a guy with Jeff Wilson. Oh, Jeff Wilson. Ah, what a guy. I tell you what, though, uh, I, I do like Mostert, and uh, I could I could see potentially um, having a another running back at some point, but not Gallman. Come on now. What are we doing? Yeah, I don't know what he's going to be there. I, I don't, don't either. He's got to be their power back. That's my guess. I'm hoping that he's the back that stands on the sideline most of the time while Mostert does the work, but whatever. That's just me. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's move on to yet another receiver out of this class, and he is Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. Jeremy, where is this guy going to land? I think my my ideal landing spot for Rashad Bateman would be the Tennessee Titans. Ooh. I think that Bateman isn't as highly regarded as some of these other guys. He doesn't necessarily – I mean, he ran a 4-3-40 or 4-3 at Exos, but – I think that he still has some question marks around him, and he may be of this list that we're going to talk about at receiver. I think he has the most chance to slide a little bit, and I think the Titans, who are sitting at, I'm not sure exactly where are they. 22. 22, yeah. So I think that spot's a good spot because 
you're going to see a lot. There's a lot of talented linebackers and there's a lot of linebacker need before them. There's a lot of good edge rushers this year. Again, there's tackle, um, good tackles, good guards, good centers, all that stuff all going to be before this to me range of 15 to 20 is where the wide receivers really start to come off. And I think Bateman in Tennessee as the number two to AJ Brown just makes sense. I mean, they lost Corey Davis and I think his route running ability, his just pure, he's more, he really excelled at Minnesota in the slot. And I think that's where Tennessee can kind of stick them. I know they just signed Josh Reynolds, but I just feel like, Either way, he can play. He played outside his sophomore season, and then this past season he moved into the slot. That's kind of what Minnesota does there. And so he can play almost both areas, but he reminds me of like that kind of digs route runner. He's just a very good route runner, and he excels at creating separation that way, but he also does well in contested catches, and he has decent hands. I mean, he has had a little bit of a drop issue, but I just like Bateman a lot, and I think that his upside is huge. Um, somebody who could possibly take Bateman before Tennessee is Arizona. I know that's going to be surprising, but I think Arizona really needs help on the line. So I think that's where they're going to go. But Arizona could be a sneaky spot um, because obviously Kirk didn't really pan out to what they wanted and they need somebody there other than Hopkins. I know they grabbed AJ Green, but that the ghost of AJ Green. Huh? The ghost of AJ Green. Right. I think the Cardinals could be sneaky for a wide receiver. I, they'll probably be second round, but so that's why I'm thinking. I think the Titans are the prime spot for where Bateman should land. Yeah, I watched firsthand as Bateman just tore apart my Fresno State Bulldogs. It was a very hurtful uh, opportunity to watch that guy up close. Um, and and yeah, he did some very big things. And even the announcers during the game were talking about the fact that um, not a lot of people are going to be uh, hip on him because he played for Minnesota. But I think, I think the fact that now we had this 2020 season the way it was, um, it gave people an opportunity to, to get to know his playing style. And I mean, he is a talented receiver, uh, but there are some that aren't thinking that he's going to go in the first round. And uh, I think it'll be interesting to see where he pans out. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the thing, you know, I mean, everybody's talking, he might not make it in the first round. And that's why I'm thinking that late, you know, that late twenties, 22, I mean, 23, if the Jets want to, you know, add another receiver to that group or even possibly the Jaguars, 25 could be another one, you know, or he's Baltimore's dangerous too at 27, but somewhere in there. And that's why I think Tennessee really needs a receiver. And depending on who goes before him, I think that's why Bateman seems the right fit 22. I feel like Baltimore could use about 16 more receivers just to figure out which one's going to work out for them and yeah, let the rest of them go if they need it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If if you're listening for fantasy output, just stay away from the Baltimore receiver. (laughs) All together, folks. (laughs) I don't even want to, I don't want a uh, receiver from that at all. No, go get J.K. Dobbins instead. Yeah, oh, for sure, (laughs) for sure. He's probably going to catch more passes next season than any receiver out there. Yeah. Poor Hollywood. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of people catching passes from maybe uh, Lamar Jackson, because again, this is a guy that may fall a little bit lower than what most folks think of. Another receiver in Jalen Waddell from, uh, you guessed it, Alabama, Jeremy. (laughs) 
What are we looking for? Uh, I, I said before that I think that this is going to be one of the situations where Philly fans are going to want him to be reunited with Hertz. Uh, but we don't even know if Hertz is going to be throwing passes again uh, to them next season as a starter. So what are we looking at for Waddell? I think that I do agree. I think Philadelphia is a good chance. Now, this is only this is assuming Miami takes Smith at six. Miami doesn't take sick Smith at six and then Philadelphia ends up with Smith at 12. I like the option of say 13 with the chargers. Um, I think that the chargers aren't fully content with Mike Williams. I think that they're going to look to add another weapon. Um, and I don't think Kyle Pitts will fall this far. I think that pairing Jalen Waddle with Keenan Allen, let, Waddle learn a little bit of the just how to be a pro from another guy that's just a great route runner with speed in Keenan Allen. And I think the opportunity for him to just grow with Justin Herbert just makes sense. Keenan Allen is aging. Mike Williams is a question mark for them and whether they're going to keep him or not past his what I think he's under contract for another year. Um, and I think it just makes sense to me that they're going to go receiver. I mean, they could go possibly with offensive line help again, because a lot of these teams do need offensive line help up here. So it's going to be a big question mark, but I have seen Waddle as an earlier guy. I think that mid range, a lot of the mocks that I saw, I believe are that 10 to 20 range somewhere in there. He's going to fall. And it just, the chargers to me make the most sense to just add another playmaker to that offense. Yeah, they are one of those receiving cores where I think they're they're one more big name away from actually making noise. You're right. Williams has been, for fantasy purposes at least, a a headache to own. I know that I probably picked him up and dropped him at least, I don't know, 16 times over the course of the season, uh, only because I think I did it twice in a week because I said, ah, maybe I shouldn't have dropped him and picked him up. And then he did not do well that week. And I said, oh, yeah, now I know why I dropped him. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I can't hold on to him either. I mean, I've... In and out. The talent is there. I just I don't get why you can't put it together. I don't know. But I agree. And I mean, they they brought over a coach that's just ready to throw the ball, too. And I think you saw it last year, too, with Herbert, even with Anthony Lynn, who is basically his offense is 90 percent runs. And I just think that they're going to be ready to unleash Justin Herbert this year and just adding that extra weapon. Like you said, you're playing in a division with the Chiefs and we all know what the Chiefs do. And it's just run that scoreboard up and. You're going to have to compete with them. It's a track race. It doesn't, you can try and get as much defense as you want against the Chiefs, and they're just, they're going to outscore you. So you got to be able to put up 30. And the only route to that is adding another third receiver, in my opinion. You know, and I feel like these top five that we talked about, these are all folks that can come in and make, like we talked about earlier, an instant impact on whatever roster they're on. And, and I feel like receiver is one of those positions where it's easier than a running back to make an instant impact because, especially in a PPR, all you got to do is come in and catch a couple of swing passes, catch a couple of those quick uh, quick outs, quick slants, and you know you, you actually are fantasy relevant that day. So um, for a running back, you got to learn schemes, you got to learn all that stuff, and it's more difficult, I think, than uh, a receiver to come in and catch a couple of passes. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think Jalen Waddle's this lightning in a bottle. I mean, that guy is, he's just speed, speed, and more speed, and that's the thing. I mean, you got a guy, a kid in Justin Herbert who has a cannon of an arm. Just let Waddle line up, run like a skinny post up the seam, and just let Herbert rip. And I mean, they'll, there's a good chance that if Waddle falls there, I mean, he could end up being a very viable wide receiver too this season. 
All right, that is the first five. So we are going to step away for a word from our sponsors so we can pay the bills here at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And when we do, we'll come back with uh, the five probably sexier names here on the list. So uh, back after this. I'm betting that just because you're listening to this because it's a fantasy football show doesn't mean you also don't enjoy other ways of enjoying sports betting. And that is, of course, why we are partners with WinBet. They are bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. You can get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports, games, NFL. Check their odds for the NFL draft. They're going to be coming soon. Uh, They give generous promos. They've got odds and parlays. They're all happening right now at WinBet. And look, if you get started today, we have always got the hookup for you. You're going to receive a special offer of up to $500 in risk-free sports betting. Of course, you're going to want that. And that is what we give you uh, as SGP listeners. Uh, Of course, terms and conditions always apply, but get the details right now at winbet.com. Download the app today. Again, keep your eye out for those NFL draft bets. You're going to want to load up on a ton of those, and maybe we'll help you in this show today. Pick which bets you're going to place. Look, as football fans, we have seen the fourth and goal situation come up short time and time again, and we know how frustrating and how disappointing it is to not be able to punch it across the goal line. And listen, if you feel like you're coming up short on fourth and one in the bedroom, it's okay. It's perfectly okay. And in fact, if it's bothering you, we actually have some options for you. You head over right now to getroman.com slash SGP. And with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all in the comfort of in privacy of your home. A licensed U.S. healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and absolutely discreet. And getting started, look, it's quite simple. If you go right now to getroman.com slash SGP, complete an online visit, Take they can take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today, connect with your doctor, and take care of it. Look, go to getroman.com slash SGP now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Getroman.com slash SGP. Get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment. If you have not checked out Better Than Vegas by now, I highly encourage you to do so. Why? Because Better Than Vegas is fun for everybody. It's got all the sports you're going to look for. And plus, it's like YouTube, but for DGENs only. And it's what they care about, sports betting. Right now, we at the SGP are giving out free daily video picks over our Better Than Vegas profile page. And every day, folks, every day there will be a free pick for you. It's always running. There's tons of free contests as well. Plus, they've got a ton of free picks and handicappers to check out, not just us. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to our profile though so you don't miss a pick at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash btv again that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash btv and the Sports Gambling Podcast is now on Riffer. Riffer is your home to many episodes and free picks from the SGPN crew. If you don't have time to listen to an entire episode of Riffer, is a perfect quick fix. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the SGPN page by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Riffer. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash R-I-F-F-R. 
Rejoining the show now, we are going to get into five of the, like I said before the break, the the sexier names on the list, the ones that everybody wants to have on their team and that somebody's going to snatch up within the first, I would, I'd say if anyone, any one of these falls past 10, well, okay, maybe one, uh, and you'll know who I'm talking about, falls past 10, I'm going to be surprised. Uh, but let's go ahead and get to number six on the list. Jeremy, it is Kyle Pitts, of course, the tight end out of Florida. Everybody thinks he's the second coming of George Kittle. What do you think, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, Kyle Pitts, I mean, there's not anything you can really find wrong with him. Um, It's really hard. Uh, I mean, his blocking, and that's about it, and it's not even that bad. I expected going into that, watching his film to be, wow, he just doesn't block. But no, he's actually a decent blocker. I think his biggest problem is just form technique. I mean, he's six foot six. It's hard to get down there underneath a six foot two linebacker defensive lineman. Um, I think it's something that he'll correct over time. And that's why he's so highly regarded. Cause outside of that, this guy is a wide receiver playing tight end. I mean, his routes are clean. His routes are good. And especially at his size, he moves well, fluent in and out. I was surprised when he ran a four, four at his pro day because he doesn't look that fast, but Hey, I mean, that guy, he ran it. It's, it's there. I mean, the pro is a little questionable this year, obviously with the hand timing and all that, but I I'm all in on Kyle Pitts. And I think for me, like you had said, any of these guys outside the top 10 Pitts is that guy. I think he is staying inside the top 10. My guess has to be, I don't like it, but <laughs> Carolina could be sneaky just because Carolina doesn't use tight ends. Um, but it's tough to see him go in the top four because I really think Atlanta, Atlanta's tied to him right now. A lot of people are saying that's where he's got to go. Arthur Smith's there. They're going to want that extra tight end. But I think they still have Hayden Hurst, who they paid for. And I think that Atlanta might trade this pick. I mean, if we get three quarterbacks right off the bat, who says a team outside the top 10 or even say a team like maybe Detroit, who's really wants a quarterback to replace golf in a year says, Oh boy, we got to come up and we got to grab our guy. And now they move. And if they move and they stay inside the top 10, I would say, yes, Kyle Pitts could be a good fit in Atlanta. Yeah. But that's... If they get outside. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, no, you're good. Good. Go ahead. Yeah. If they get outside the top 10, then I'm going to say, I think Carolina's your only other option. Cause obviously Detroit has Hawkinson. I don't see them going with a second tight end. Miami has Gusecki, who I still like, and I think they do. And at nine, I think Denver obviously has Albert O, who they drafted last year, and Noah Fant. So then 10 could be the Cowboys, and those are my two. I think it's either going to be the Cowboys or Atlanta. I know the Cowboys already added a lot of other weapons, and they need tackles, and I mean, that would probably make the most sense at 10. But you know, Jerry Jones last year, they didn't need a wide receiver. And I mean, (laughs) they still went wide receiver once CD lamb fell to them. So if Kyle Pitts falls to them at 10, I can't see them passing Kyle Pitts. I was about to say you, you don't uh, like Dallas's tight end situation over there. Come on, man. What's up with Gavin Escobar? Hey, I I still believe in Blake Jarwin. I do. I think Blake Jarwin's going to come back and Dalton Schultz is just a guy. That's all he is. He just was the benefit that unfortunately Jarwin got hurt, but I mean, Kyle Pitts is better than both of them. Down, so Absolutely. I'm Although I say that I, I would say that maybe I think he has more value in Dallas than he would anywhere else. I think because at least Dallas might be able to get him. I know you say Carolina, but I think he'd have more value actually in Dallas if he went I there. Agree. 
I agree. Just because Carolina doesn't use their tight ends. We've seen it. Mm-hmm. Everybody was on the that Ian Thomas hype this year. And I mean, that guy, I don't even know if he broke the top 70. I, I don't uh, even I mean, know if fantasy. he played. Did he play? <laughs> I think so. I think he caught a couple of balls. <laughs> yeah, for fantasy, I think you count any <laughs> tight end in Carolina out. But maybe if Pitts gets there, maybe they start using him. Yeah, I mean, they, I, they'd have to. I mean, you take a tight end at eight. Even though it's not in your scheme, there's got to be some way they're getting him the ball. You I know would, what I mean? There's yeah. just no way. A top, I, top eight tight end, you're not going to use them, so... Well, again, and if you don't use them, then that's exactly why you probably shouldn't be drafting tight ends at all. That's uh, probably why they're in the top 10. It, well, sh- yeah. I mean, again, <laughs> you're right. He's and, and look, so Bridgewater... Right is is what it is. It's it's there. That's that's what you got. And I don't see him using uh, any of, of his weapons at all this year, other than McCaffrey uh, to to be, I don't know, valuable at all in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, unless Darnold somehow beats Bridgewater out, which is a very good possibility. But I just think that I don't know. I think it's DJ Moore and Chris McCaffrey. So you got in Carolina. You notice I mean, how I didn't even hits, go toward the Darnold at all because I just don't see that in him. <laughs> I mean, still they gave up a lot. They got to believe in him, right? Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. There's a rumor Denver wants Bridgewater. So <sighs> wow, <laughs> I can't I've wait. I can't wait for the draft to be over so we can stop speculating about a lot of this stuff because this is all <laughs> the, the rumor specifically said in the draft they were going to try and trade for him. So I don't know how true it is, but. Oh, we might find out day one. So drama already. Uh, speaking of of past throwers and the folks that now start to headline this, uh, we move on to well, what's probably got to be the most sought after uh, position in this draft. As we've already said, that I think the first four picks, the first three picks at least, are all solidified. And uh, let's talk about a guy who nobody knows where he's going to go, uh, but a lot of people seem to think they do. Uh, Mac Jones, Alabama, yet again. Uh, again, there's a lot of people saying that he is going to go to San Francisco. Personally, I don't think that, but uh, Jeremy, what do you think? I agree. I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's San Francisco bound. I think. Mac Jones is going to be the one that falls outside the top 10 aside from a really crazy quarterback run where a team that is outside the top 10 expecting to get Mac Jones needs to move up. Um, I think that for me, he's going to land in a team. I want to say the Vikings or Washington. I think he's not ready to really start right now. Um, He's very smart. He picks up playbooks. Well, he picks them up quick. He knows what to do, um, but he kind of reminds me of like a Kirk Cousins or a Derek Carr. He's going to be not necessarily a game manager, but he's also not going to elevate people around him. Um, we saw that kind of in Alabama. You know what I mean? He came out and he just produced like crazy this season, but he was playing with Devontae Smith. He had Jalen Waddle for a little while. They have John Mechie there, who's also going to be an up and coming for the 22 class. They had Najee Harris, who they leaned on, and it's just a powerhouse of a school. So I just, I believe that he's going to be the quarterback that we're going to talk about today that falls outside the top 10, slips down. And if the Patriots don't move up for somebody else, I think they're a good landing spot for Mac Jones. I know probably a lot of Patriots fans will not like that choice, (laughs) but I think that he's going to end up in a team that he's not really relevant in year one. I think he kind of is going to be not necessarily that he needs to be a project, but I think he's just got a year or two of seasoning and it's going to be 2022 for Mac Jones. 
Yeah, and that's the thing with me. Uh, I, I, the way I see it is that with the Niners sitting there giving up just about everything they own to move up to number three, that they're not going to grab somebody that's a lot like the quarterback they already have. Because Mac Jones, to me, it, I mean, maybe not stat-wise, maybe not a lot of different things, but when you just look at him and when you look at what his his situation is, he is a lot more like Jimmy Garoppolo than anybody else on this draft board right now. So if you're going to if you're going to you know sell all of your your worldly possessions to go grab something that's going to make you better why go after something that's the same as what you already have because if you want jimmy garoppolo keep jimmy garoppolo and in my mind if the pats don't get jimmy garoppolo out of any sort of weird craziness i think mac jones gives you jimmy garoppolo 2.0 and you're right i think he sits behind cam newton for the year they move cam newton give mac jones a starting job and now they got jimmy garoppolo at a cheaper price yeah, and I mean that's a that's a valid point, and I agree. I think that I think San Francisco out on Mac Jones. I think that's smoke and mirrors, trying to just kind of hope that somebody else doesn't. They'll say the Jets don't take who they want. Um, however, I agree. I think that the Patriots have been linked to Jones, and I think that if they don't move up for somebody else, the Patriots seem right. And I think you'll see Jones possibly this year if Cam Newton does what he did last year. I mean, COVID hit him pretty hard. And he came back and he was not the same. So you could see him as a late kind of season, almost like that Tua where he came in, what, game week seven, eight, if the Patriots aren't in anything. Well, and there's already those folks that are uh, making comparisons between him and uh, uh, Tom Brady from his uh, picture back in the day. So, I mean, if you're going to have Tom Brady 3.0, I suppose it might as well be Mac Jones, right? (laughs) He's more Philip Rivers, maybe. I don't know. He just doesn't have necessarily. Uh, I mean, he's smart. Don't get me wrong, but I think he has more Philip Rivers arm strength than. But I mean, he moves the pocket well. He's got the Brady type kind of just nice little side steps, and for not being super mobile, he's very pocket awareness, and he just slides in that pocket very nicely. I was impressed watching his film. I mean, he knows when to step up. He knows when to get out of there. So, I mean. Yeah. For me, it's like when you put up those type of video game numbers in a school like Alabama, yeah, you're going to turn a lot of heads. But, you know, when you have the players that surround you that surround you, it it goes a lot to where you're where your numbers are going to be. I mean, it's just, it's just that cut and simple. And when you get put on a team, especially within the first three or four picks that don't have all of those weapons to surround you, what are you going to do? You're going to turn out to be so much like some of these quarterbacks that we've seen in the past, you know, the Sanchez's of the world, the Manziel's of the world, you know, you can't do it all on your own. Like you could in college. No, I agree. And that's why I think like the football team makes sense to me. Washington, if he falls there, um, I mean, they, they could use some, they have other holes to fill, but I mean, their defense is solid. They could easily use an offensive lineman, but why not grab a guy? Fitzpatrick isn't their long-term answer. And I mean, maybe Heineke, but I mean, you plug Mac Jones in there with possibly, you know what I mean? You have Terry McLaurin, you have Curtis Samuel now. I mean, if Calvin Hardman ever can stay healthy, he's a decent option possibly. If Gandy Golden turns around and then you got Gibson back there, McKissick, I mean, there's, there's talent around him there, and I think that could be a sneaky landing spot for Mac Jones. <laughs> 
Absolutely. All right. We went overtime on Mac Jones. How fun is that? Uh, we talked, <laughs> we talked, I have so much to say about the guy. I've pretty much been writing nonstop about him. All right. So let's move on to a guy. We just talked about Sam Darnold. The spot he's vacating, uh, is heavily rumored that this man will be filling the job, but there is still some speculation that they may go elsewhere with their pick these jets. Uh, and that is of course, Zach Wilson out of BYU. Jeremy, do you buy into the New York jets hype for Zach? Yes, I do. I think that for me, the top three seem pretty seated. I think it's going to go Lawrence, Wilson, Fields. Um, but Wilson and Fields can be flipped, and that's like I, I know you're alluding to it, and that's where I agree. I think that Fields is arguably, I think, definitely the quarterback two in this class. Wilson is good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he came out this year, and he just lit it up. But the only thing that concerns me with Wilson is it's one year. And I just think that – I mean, did everything just click for him or is it that he just progressed that well? I mean, we've seen it in the, even in the pros, you know what I mean? Josh Allen took a huge step forward this year. And then, so for me, I like Zach Wilson. I think the Jets make sense. I think he kind of, he's a better version of Jimmy Garoppolo and not to be like, oh, well, it's the San Francisco, it's basically the San Francisco scaff that came over to the Jets with Robert Sala. I just think that, Wilson's very more a much more athletic Jimmy Garoppolo with a big arm. And I think that there's just these weird knocks that people don't like about Justin Fields, which doesn't make total sense to me. But I like Wilson in the Jets. I think he's going to have the weapons there with Corey Davis, who they added. They have added Denzel Mims last year. They still have Jamison Crowder, who's a great slot receiver. And then they have the picks this year in the draft. I mean, they have two, they have one more later in the first and then one early in the second to add possibly another playmaker there to help Wilson. So I would say, though, as far as fantasy purposes go, this is definitely not a guy that you are heavily touting uh, for fantasy purposes, at least. Look, and in rookie drafts, there's a lot of people doing dynasty drafts right now. There's a lot of people doing rookie drafts right now. Zach Wilson, where are you even taking him? I think... Uh, in a Jets landing spot, I mean, he's still top four. I think so. I think that Superflex definitely is just too hard to get quarterbacks outside of the draft. And if you have one of the top four or five picks, you got to be taking quarterbacks. It's got to be Trevor Lawrence. It's got to be Fields. It's got to be Wilson. The argument can be made for Chase or Pitts if you have a tight end premium. But I think that Pitts in that level is just crazy. There's so much talk about it. I think he's more should be in that seven range. And I think if you're in the top four, why not take a risk on Wilson? I mean, he has it. He has a strong arm. He's a playmaker. He's creative. He can adjust his arm angles. I mean, he definitely has just as an equal shot as, say, Trey Lance or Mac Jones or Justin Fields to be good. And I think the Jets just seem like they have a better coaching staff, and it's not going to be Adam Gase. So... <laughs> I don't know if we'll get Darnold 2.0 here out of Zach Wilson. I think you'll have a better shot of him at least being fantasy relevant for you. And you know he's going to start right away. I mean, that's the one thing oh, yeah. about this guy. You already know that they're not going to spend the number two pick on a guy that they're not going to start right away. Yeah, and then they just don't have anybody else there. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if they have anybody rostered, honestly. I should check. I, we're talking no. about the next guy. I don't think I don't think they have anybody <laughs> rostered. Yeah. And, and even if they did, I mean, what are they going to do? The third coming of Mark Sanchez? It's just not. I, it just feels yeah. like lately the the Jets are where good quarterbacks or talented quarterbacks have gone to die. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm not it's, sure. It's scary, but I mean, I'm taking them at three or four. You know, like I'm taking Fields and Lawrence over them. But yeah. if I'm at four, I'm not 
unhappy with Zach Wilson. Well, I, I don't know that the Jets will be unhappy with what they invest in Zach Wilson either. All right, moving on to yet another name uh, that is up for heavy debate as well, and, and another name that has been linked to the San Francisco 49ers, uh, and that is Trey Lance, the North Dakota State University uh, FCS guy. Uh, this guy, I, I, I got to tell you, I'm not seeing it a fit for the Niners, like many, many people have uh, also alluded to. Um, and just because of the simple fact that, again, a lot like what we saw um, out of Zach Wilson, this was just one year with Trey Lance, right? I mean, one really good year, and there's not a whole lot of film on him. He hasn't done a lot as far as uh, quarterback is concerned. So how do I know this is a pattern and not an aberration? Yeah, and I mean, honestly, of these quarterbacks, he's one that concerns me as well. I think that playing in the FCS, and honestly, the the hype is that he had one good year, but ultimately, he really didn't. I, I, he had like 2,000, just over 2,000 or 2,500 yards rushing or throwing, but it was mostly rushing. You watch his tape, he he was just way more talented than all the other competition in the FCS. He has a big arm. He has a strong arm. However, his footwork is very non-consistent at times. He gets very flat footed in the pocket. He's just standing there. He misses guys high. He misses guys all over the field, but he can make every throw when he sets his feet, squares his shoulders and uses his whole body to make throws. He's accurate. He has the ability. It's just an inconsistency with him. And the problem that I have is that he opted out this past season. I don't have a problem with that. Obviously COVID's a thing and it's a concern and I understand health over everything. But he's only played one year, and it was FCS. And yeah, he did well. He just didn't turn the ball over. But again, he had such a good rushing ability that why force a throw? There was no ability. And if he did, he put it in a good position where only his receiver is going to catch it, which is a great trait. Don't get me wrong. I just feel that there is a very big boomer bust factor with Trey Lance. And I think Trey Lance needs to sit behind somebody. And that's where he has possibly the highest upside in this class as far as fantasy goes. And even NFL, I mean, he could be an absolute stud. He's a big guy. He runs the ball. Well, he's physical and he has, like I said, he can make every throw. The question is, can he hone it in? He's got a lot of Josh Allen in him. And I think that I hate to make that reference, but he's the new unicorn for it, where it's a guy that just broke away from a pattern that was so long that you can't fix accuracy and yet he did. So now can Trey Lance do the same? Or is it just that he's not really as good as we think he is? Is he Carson Wentz 2.0? You know what I mean? Where he's kind of come out, he's going to have a good year or two, and then kind of has fizzled out. Um, I think for me, he needs to land in possibly Carolina or Atlanta. I think that those two spots are well. Atlanta can't get out of Ryan's contract for a year or two. Let him sit behind him. Learn from Matt Ryan, who was a decent quarterback. I mean, he's been fantasy relevant. He's been NFL relevant for a long time. Or in Carolina, you have, like we'd mentioned, Bridgewater or Darnold. You can sit there, learn from rule, and just kind of go at it in 22 or 23. And I think that's Lance's career path to success. If he gets thrown into the Wolves too soon, I think it's dangerous for his development. Yeah, and I could see him learning more from Teddy Bridgewater than he could from Jimmy Garoppolo in that year that he's going to sit because, of course, you, like you said, he's one of those guys that you, you really you can't throw him in right away and expect him to do big things in the NFL because a, as much as you want to expect that he's going to come in and perform like he did in the FCS in the NFL, 
it, it's just not i don't think it's the the level is just too too great of a it's gap a big gap yeah and the game speed i mean the fcs is slow you watch that that's why he was so good and that's why everybody's like wow he is dominant because he was playing against guys like basically me you know what i mean I'm like <laughs> five foot eight 220 pound linebacker who runs a four nine i mean yeah i'm gonna trey lance looks real good i mean you put him out there though with a with an elite NFL linebacker. And sometimes some of the runs he does worries me. He's almost with like that. Again, the Josh Allen or Cam Newton where they're, they're, they're reckless when they run. They're not the Lamar Jackson run where you take care of your body. He's, or even say RG three, an mm-hmm. older name to throw out there. You know what I mean? They're out there and they're throwing their body weight around and it does, I don't know, doesn't it make for a long career. That's for sure. No ask RG three. Yeah, exactly. Uh, All right. Speaking of another quarterback that is very mobile and can run, but I think is probably a upgraded version, obviously, of Trey Lance because he has not only done it consistently, but uh, he has done it on a big major stage and he's done it many many more times than Trey Lance. Uh, and, And really for me, again, the guy that I have researched myself into marrying onto the San Francisco 49er squad, uh, and that is Justin Fields, of course, from Ohio State. I think he's going number three. Uh, Jeremy, please tell me I'm right. And if not, then this is where the game show ends. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you you're right. I don't want it to end. No, I I agree. I think, I mean, there's the rumor, and it's, it's the biggest rumor out there right now, is the foot. He switched his stance the second pro day while Shanahan was there, and that's something that Matt Ryan did when Shanahan was in Atlanta. So I think this is who the 49ers want. I think that the smoke and mirrors with Mac Jones, maybe he's just trying to convince the Jets and fool him, like, oh, maybe we should take Mac Jones. I don't know. But I think that either way, they're going to be happy with Wilson or Fields, but I really think that they want Justin Fields. And I think that Fields brings something that – the 49ers haven't had since Kaepernick. This guy is quick. I mean, he is fast and he is a very smart runner with the football. To me, honestly, this is going to sound weird, but Justin Fields reminds me of a much better Tyrod Taylor. If you watch their film next to each other, Tyrod Taylor was a very good college quarterback. He set records that beat Michael Vick's records. The problem with Tyrod Taylor is he's a little short. Justin Fields has the height. He has a lot of the same characteristics though, when they go to run, he's looking to throw first. And when he can't, he escapes the pocket and he's dangerous. Like he has the, he's not necessarily Lamar Jackson elusive, but he's there. Like he's up in that upper echelon of elusive type runners. And that's just going to be a great floor as far as like fantasy goes. But even in that, it just helps him develop as a rookie quarterback. I think that, Fields, for me, some things that I saw that I don't love is that he tends to double pump at times and he gets a lot of balls batted. It seems like his ball trajectory is very low. He doesn't necessarily, he can, he does have touch and he's put it in there in that 10 to 15 range. He's really good at it. It just seems like the short throws at times, he has such a low trajectory. It gets batted a lot at the line. And I don't know if it's more of a defensive scheme um, where they know, oh, he's got the wheels to take off on us, so don't lose contain. And if you see him cock, get up and just try and bat the balls down. So it could just be that. It just be just we could way the defense is playing him is different than the other quarterbacks in this draft. But I just I think that's the biggest knock at the point is that he tends to like hold for a second sometimes he's not trusting his eyes and i think if he can get over that which i think shanahan and the 49ers can get him to do i mean the sky's the limit for justin fields 
All right. So let's say that uh, the world collapses in on itself. And for some reason or another, San Francisco does end up taking Mac Jones, in which I will try to find a new team after that. Uh, then who who do you think takes Justin Fields at that point? It's got to be Atlanta. You can't pass him. I think Atlanta needs a quarterback. Um, I think that it's just if it, if Wilson, Lawrence or Fields, which Lawrence is pretty much guaranteed one. So if Wilson and Fields either follow Atlanta I think they would be very unsmart to not take one of those guys. For me, 22 class and 23 class, both those guys are possibly better than both those classes at quarterback. And in two years, you're going to need a quarterback in Atlanta. So for me, Atlanta stays at four if one of these guys falls, in my opinion. So then my question is, if if that does happen and you are drafting right now in the rookie drafts, uh, Justin Fields, rank these three for me. Uh, well, obviously, I don't, don't want to take Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence, obviously, I want Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, rank those three in a in a startup draft right now. If you're just drafting straight, no, not super flex, just a regular redraft rookie or dynasty draft rather. Redraft has got to be... With our typical landing spot, Fields in the 49ers is one. Wilson at the Jets is two. Jones, we'll say, at in New England is three. Jones in New England. Plain and simple. Jones is always three. Yeah. <laughs> in that situation. Uh, I, I think I would. It. I could flip-flop Fields and Wilson if they flip-flop spots. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen, please. Just crossing <laughs> my fingers. I'm all in on the San Francisco 49ers. I, 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 I want Justin Fields in the 49ers. I think that would be great. I do. Personally. I do. I, like I said with Jones, I really, I feel like Fields gives them a, a dynamic that you're right. They haven't had since Kaepernick. And I'd be willing to go out and say that Fields is an actually improved version of Colin Kaepernick in that I, I feel like Fields is a little more disciplined than Cap ever was because Kaepernick was always, oh, it just felt to me he was always run first, always run mm-hmm. first. Yeah. And like I said, that's where I, I, the Tyrod Taylor comp to me, just a better Tyrod Taylor for Justin Fields seems right. You know, I mean, he just, he's looking to throw. I mean, he's very capable of running, but he, at every moment he climbs pockets and he's looking to get rid of the ball to one of his playmakers if he can. And at last ditch effort, he has to run, he runs. And when he does, it's scary though. So at times I think he could use to run a little bit more than he does. Well, we shall see, right? I mean, this draft is quickly approaching and uh, all the speculation oh, I can, and I know, I know it just, I've never, so this is my first time actually paying this close of attention to the draft as it were, because I've always been a periphery football kind of guy, CFL, XFL, AAF, and the NFL was a, a water I didn't really want to dig into too big because it was, you know, there are so many people out there doing it, but now this is my first year and I can see how it just engulfs people. <laughs> Oh, it's great. I mean, honestly, if you're on, if you're on Twitter and you are more of like a you kind of shut it off until the uh, season starts, you should just just dabble in it. Just turn it on for a week and just come on to like just check what the dynasty Twitter is all about. I mean, it is crazy. There's arguments left and right about this guy should be this place. This guy should be here. I think his landing spot would be perfect if he's here. It's crazy. It's a good time, honestly. It, it is a good time. It is a good time. Speaking of a good time, I hope you had a great time here. I, I This is the first ever attempt at doing this, and uh, I want to thank you for being the first uh, test subject on this new format of the Sports Gambling Podcast, Fantasy Football Podcast. No, the pleasure's all mine. It was great. I think it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful idea, and it's a great show, and uh, I can't wait to be on it hopefully again in the future. 
All right. And uh, you will get Venmoed for that statement coming up soon. I appreciate that. Jeremy, one more time, tell everybody where they can find you and where they can uh, read all of your wonderful work. Yeah. I mean, mostly you can contact me on Twitter at Pope's FFH. The DMs are always open. I'll answer any uh, fantasy football questions you got, dynasty, redraft, whatever. Mostly dynasty. That's kind of my uh, go-to, but if you want to read any of my articles, obviously check over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, mostly Devi and Dynasty over there. And then uh, some other stuff is at yardsperfantasy.com. Of course, as with any fast-paced show, we're going to get some things wrong. So guess what? We have had Adam Pelletier here, and he was fact-checking every single word we said. And Adam now has three minutes to correct us on everything that we've... uh, Hopefully it's not three minutes, but he gets it (laughs) that we got wrong. Adam, your three minutes begin now. Listen, Rod, I don't, y'all didn't get a ton wrong, but there's just a few huge misconceptions we got to talk about here. The first and biggest one is this Anthony Lynn is a run first, run off in coach. Anthony Lynn has been one of the most pass happy coaches the past four years in LA. He had a top 10 passing offense in attempts all four years. They were top or three out of the four years. He was top 10 in yardage all four years. They don't need another receiver. They've got plenty there. Donald Parham replacing Hunter Henry is an upgrade as far as everybody should be concerned. You're going from throwing to a 6'2 Hunter Henry, however tall he is, to a 6'8 giant in Donald Parham. Justin Herbert's going to feast over the middle. And then y'all doing Sam Darnold dirty. You're talking about how Teddy Bridgewater is so good. Uh, He was much better than Darnold. Sure, on the surface, you look at it. Their stats are comparable. Bridgewater actually had a better 2020 than Darnold did. But we need to keep in mind... Who was Darnold throwing to? At one point, the New Jersey Jets called Rod and me to play receiver for them. That's how strapped this team was for talent. My buddy Matt, who's a biggest Jets fan ever, I think they called him too. No one was out there catching the ball from Sam Darnold. He got killed behind that line, and he's never had a running game with him. Even so, Teddy Bridgewater still gave Robbie Anderson one of his worst yards per reception of his career last year, 11 and a half yards per reception for Robbie Anderson, despite being targeted 136 times with the jets. The last two years, Robbie Anderson was 15 yards per attempt. Y'all did Robbie Anderson dirty, leaving him off the weapons list in Carolina too. Robbie Anderson is going to reestablish that connection with Sam Darnold. And they're just going to tear it up. Listen, y'all. It's just all these things we talked about, all these different rookie landing spots. And Devontae Smith, you know, sure, we got this BMI, we got this size thing, and we're a little worried about that. And people are going to bring in the, well, there's never been guys his size who have been successful. Actually, there have been. Um, Very recently, uh, we heard all about it, how there were guys who aren't his size who were successful. Actually, there are a large proportion of guys who have his level of BMI who are successful. They're just not drafted as often with as many opportunities. Lastly, Najee Harris. They want Najee Harris to go to the Steelers. That's the last place you want Najee Harris to show up. The Steelers' run game right now is big, bad, noodle arm checkdowns, okay? Hitting Juju Smith, slant boy Schuster over the middle, and all those other receivers who all they do is run slants, digs, and, you know, catch and run. They don't have a deep offense. Granted, his arm might be better this year. Talking to some PT folks that I know. The second year, they say he could be back up to arm strength, but he's getting up there in age, and he's just going to take more hits behind a patchwork offensive line. If you want Najee Harris to land in Pittsburgh, you want Najee Harris to fail. That's been your pack check. I'm sure I missed some things. I didn't take the best notes. We're going to clean this up next time, but I hope it was an entertaining cap to this. 
and glad y'all listen to the SGPN Fantasy Football Show. Woo! Man, I think that's probably the fastest Adam has ever talked in his life. I got to tell you, that was awesome. Thank you, Adam, for keeping us honest. And uh, I got to tell you, we were excited to uh, to have the feedback once again, punching me in the gut, telling us how wrong we are. Adam, always the pushback. Hey, somebody's got to keep you honest here, Rod. Somebody's <laughs> got to keep you honest and talk to you about the things you don't want to hear. Uh, absolutely. All right. Again, that wraps up the episode. We thank you for listening and we can't wait to get back at it again. All right. That, of course, Jeremy Popolars. He is our first guest ever on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rod Gomez. Thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you come back for episode two, and I hope you continue to just keep coming back for more fantasy football talk. We're going to have for you next week, I don't know, 10 more fun topics to talk about in rapid fashion. And uh, again, hope you enjoyed the format. The theme music today was provided by Iconoclast. You can find their music at iconoclast.com. Love these guys. It is a Canadian band after my own heart. So go check them out, please. And uh, until next time, folks, this is the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Rod Gomez. Let it ride. <laughs>